0: Hey y'all, welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I am your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I get to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. And in this episode, number 331, we are tackling the screen time struggle. And so I've invited author, mom, expert, Arlene Pelican onto the show
1: you know, we're certainly not anti-tech. We have lots of technology. We just don't want the slot machine in the pocket. And we want our children to be able to solve problems. So when they have a problem, it's not just text mama, but it's like, okay, I have a flat tire. I need to walk home. I guess I'll start walking. I mean, it's what we all used to do. Right. So we want them to be able to solve problems. So there is like our belief system that is putting, uh, you know, under that. But again, We have them use our stuff so that they're not like, oh, my word, when we leave this house, we're going to go crazy. The idea is that they have good habits in place. So now when they have the good habits in place, then they're handed a phone. They know how to use that in their life more responsibly.
0: Arlene is the author of several books. In fact, she is the author of a book, Screen Kids, that she co-wrote with Gary Chapman who is the author of The Five Love Languages. She's written A Grandparenting Screen Kids, Growing Up Social. She's also the host of the Happy Home podcast, and she has so many other resources over at her website that we've linked in the show notes. Today, we're tackling screen time. And y'all, I mean, it has been something I have felt the burden and the weight of presenting to you because the very last thing I want to do is add guilt, shame, burden, to you as a mom that already feels those and so many other areas of motherhood. So let's say off the bat, we will agree that if you start to feel those things, you will maybe reach out to me, reach out to friends, talk to God, but most of all know that you are the keeper of your family. You are the one who knows the state of your home. You're the one who knows where your challenges are. You're the one who knows maybe where you're feeling a conviction of changing some things. And I felt like heading into summer was a great time for our family to reestablish some habits that had creeped up on us, particularly during COVID. Because last summer, there weren't a lot of fun options outside the home that were available to us, even a lot of trips that got canceled and camps that we normally go to. And so we just (laughs) spent a lot more time on screens. And so heading into this summer, I had a feeling that my boys thought we would keep the same boundaries and rules as last summer, and I didn't wanna do that. So um, I'm gonna share at the end of the show what plan we came up with and how we presented it to our boys And this was something that I did after listening to Arlene. So I'd love for you to listen to Arlene, knowing that she is on one end of the spectrum. They are in public schools. They live in San Diego, and they have a no phone, no social media, no video game policy. I'll just say that right off the bat. So that's where she's coming from, and then I'm on the other end. Maybe not all the way on the other end, but somewhere (laughs) in the middle where we do have phones, we do have video games, limited social media, but boundaries. So I'll present what we came up with and um, share that at the end. All right, let's get right to it. Here we go. Marlene, welcome to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. Thank you so much. It's so much fun to be with you,
1: Heather. Well, we need your help. We need your help. And I you can mom, probably use yours. So <laughs> this is perfect. <laughs> I,
0: I already told you that I found you through the Christian parenting. In perfectly imperfect. I always say it opposite. Sometimes I say imperfectly perfect, but it's perfectly right. imperfect. Either, either way, it kind of <laughs> works. It's like we're doing our best, our gosh darnest best to parent. And there aren't formulas. And in the area of technology and screens, we are the first generation to navigate this. And I know for myself, I'm weary. I'm tired of setting boundaries that get pushed over. I'm tired of having to navigate it. I'm tired of it being a conversation. There's so many other things I'd rather parent. I actually don't even want to parent those things. And (laughs) (laughs) so when you wrote a book on this topic, You have been leaning into it. Tell us how many kids you have and what ages they are.
1: Yeah. So I have three kids. (laughs) Yeah. Ethan is, so we go boy, girl, girl, and Ethan is 16. He's a junior. Noelle is 14. She's a freshman and Lucy is 11. She's in sixth grade. So, and we live in San Diego and they go to public school. So it just gives you kind of that picture that, that they're older and they are in a secular environment and that we don't live under a rock. (laughs) Yes. And have they been schooling from home this year? They have all year. Yeah. Online all year. My sixth grader is back uh, in a hybrid model in the afternoons and she loves it.
0: So great. Well, that's part of this issue too. Heading into summer is kind of detoxing. I feel like a little bit because where there was already a challenge in the draw of a screen, it's so, I mean, it's hard for parents to disconnect, Now it was like you were doing school on the screen or we're working from home, my husband and I. So it's kind of like you need quiet sometimes. So it's a great option to give kids screens (laughs) that keep them quiet so that you can do the work that you're now doing from home. So help us out. How do we navigate one? I feel like a starting point of you had mentioned your own journey of like, how do we even enter the screen conversation when it comes to. Access. Like, I know a common question I get is how young do you give a kid a phone?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How do you, it, we're not just talking about screen time, like watching TV. Yeah.
1: Cause that's a lot different. That's it's different funny. They used to think like, oh, that's passive. That's not good. And now the research is showing like, oh, that's passive. That's a lot better <sighs> than you like scrolling on social media. You like pressing buttons. You like playing video games. It's like, hey, that passive stuff is actually not that awful compared to the active stuff. So that that's a, you know, that's like an aha moment. Um, but I think it's, it's so important to view the summer. If we can just take a deep breath And say, you know what, instead of thinking of this with horror, like a lot of it is our mindset, like (laughs) to think, you know what, we all need a break. And this could be a beautiful time to have some kind of different routine with our screens. Because before it's like with school, you have to, so you have no choice, but here's how you can explain it to your toddler and your teenager and yourself, you know, and this isn't a, there's, it's not flawless, but it's helpful. Digital vegetables versus digital candy. So digital vegetables, that's like online school, Skyping grandma, learning a language. That's it's the stuff your kids never get in trouble over. You're never like, why are you doing talking to grandma again? Oh, my <laughs> word. You're learning Spanish. I hate when you do that. You know, so its they never get they're not sneaking around at two o'clock in the morning. You're not like, what are you doing? I am doing my math lesson. You know, it's just it's so obvious what a digital vegetable is. You actually, as a parent, usually have to force feed it to your child. Like, please, will you please do this digital vegetable? But the digital candy, of course, that's so much easier. That's YouTube and Netflix and Hulu and Disney and social media and it's endless and it's bottomless and it's quick videos and it's entertainment and it's amusing, it's dopamine for the brain, it's rewards, it's you know, all that. All the gaming. So all the the gaming. gaming. Yeah. So obviously a little candy in someone's life is okay, but a lot of candy, you know, if your child eats literally, you know, you see them, oh look, you've got chips and coke for. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and look, wow, it's snack time. You have red vines. I mean, if if this if you saw this, you know, like, okay, this is going to be a problem for you when you're like 20. And so, this is a good way of us to think of it to realize, oh my goodness, you are built on digital junk food, and it's not only your body, but obviously, it's the mind, your brain. Like, what is your child able to process? How mature is you know? Are the muscles working in there? Have, have the infrastructures been built, or is it all just like unfinished woodwork? I mean, that is serious. And so if we can kind of get that fire in our belly, like, wow, this is really important. Like if my kid's mind and if their heart, their belief system, is it being built on digital vegetables or digital candy? And then realizing just like I have no self-control with chocolate in the house, you know? So if I have a giant size of M&Ms and I put them on my desk and I say with my fully formed adult brain, I am going to have self-control and only eat 10. Like there is no way I can do that. I just can't because it's right in front of me. And when we hand a child a phone, whether that child, a smartphone, whether that child's in elementary school, middle school, high school, it is like strapping a big bag of M&Ms to their waist and saying, just have 10 because what are they going to do? Because we're saying like, oh, just use it for a few minutes on social media, just play one game, just use it a little bit, but there it is right there in their pocket. It's, all, it's like part of their body and what are they going to do? They're going to keep checking. So that's what I think before we say, Hey, is my kid old enough for a phone? It's kind of that thought, like, do I really want them walking around with a big giant size bag of M&Ms all day? And do I really want to start that conversation of, Hey, put that down. Hey, put that down. Hey, put that down. (laughs) You've eaten like a hundred today. Could you please, do I really want to start that? And I think that's a good framework to use. And, uh, you know, I always think kids in elementary school, you know, my child is in elementary school and a lot of kids have really cool smartphones in fourth, fifth, sixth grade, even third grade, you see them and they're heading out of school. I see them after school because we do have hybrid where there are real students and their heads are down into their phone. That's not how childhood's supposed to be. And going into a digital world for a, an elementary school child for the, with the Internet is like, hey, you know what? Let me drop you off at the mall for eight hours and good luck. Hope you Hope it turns out good for you. And I'll pick you up at the entrance in eight hours. I mean, you just don't, you would never do that in real life. And digitally speaking, it's, I think, really important for us to say, hey, for our elementary school kids, if we need to contact you, we will get you just a text only phone. And that's how we're going to use it. So always ask yourself, what is this phone for? Why do I need it? Mm-hmm. And really work with delaying it as much as possible. Bill Gates didn't give his kids phones till they were 14. Yeah. If you're listening to this and you're like, oh, my word, but I gave my child a phone during COVID and what am I going to do? You, know, you can always start not with a... I did the wrong thing and, you know, just, but more like humbly apologetically, like, Hey, I was just listening to this. Don't mom alone podcast. And you know, I, I as a mom, I'm obviously not perfect. There are a lot of things I'm learning and I just learned new information. Like you need to sleep for nine to 11 hours every night. And the phone might be disrupting that. And you know, Bill Gates didn't give it till they were 14. And I didn't realize that. So I'm really sorry. So we're just gonna do like a one month where we're gonna take this phone away and just see how you are doing. If you feel better, and you know, obviously you don't expect your child to be like, Oh <laughs> mom, this is just you're a so drink come true. You're, you're such so an awesome mom. <laughs> you know, if they're gonna be like, you're the worst mom and you're the one that gave it to me and you have no right, and it's my phone, it's not your phone, but hello, you're paying for the phone. Yeah, you gave the phone. They live under your roof. You can, you have the authority and you yeah. can do it in a spirit of love and humility, but that doesn't mean you're a pushover. So, you know, come on, you can do this, you know? <laughs> so it, it's an apology. And then it's like, Hey, we're going to do this for one month and then we're going to revisit. And most likely in one month, your child reluctantly will say to you, you know, that actually felt a lot better mm. mom or dad that we did that. Yeah. And it's tricky when I know a lot of the moms
0: that listen, they co-parent. Yeah. There's different rules at different homes and different access to different things. And so there's this part of me too. And I know maybe it's high ideals, but I'd really, (laughs) I would love for my child to be the one I was just, I just saw my son at a seventh grade party and there was an array of options at the table. There were cookies. They were really fun. I mean, it's the end of summer. It's the beginning of summer. It's, Yes. Rightfully so. And I saw one of the boys walk up and he immediately picked the watermelon out of all the choices. And I said, I think your mom would be like really proud of you that you chose something that's going to really feed your body well. And he was like, oh no, watermelon's my favorite. But I was just thinking if it could be something internally where the child is a little bit like maybe self-aware. So it's not all, there's going to be external boundaries, but like an internal, man, that was too much or. Yeah, isn't going. And I know there's still children, so maybe I just have high ideals, but
1: no, but I think what you're saying is that's where we want our kids to go. We want our kids not to possess the ability to listen to mom. We want our kids to have the ability to listen to themselves, to have the self-control to say, you know what? I am getting F's, but I'm really good at gaming. Yeah. And this is going to be a problem in my life. Like, we want them to come to that realization. And some of that could be us not rescuing them, like letting them face down their circumstances, whatever it is. I love to say to help our kids have different skills and competencies that are outside of the digital world. So, my sixth grader, she really likes horses. So, during COVID, we asked around, like, who do we know that works with horses? And as a result, she's volunteering at a ranch once a week, learning how to ride horses and helping, you know, and helping out and stuff. So, it's like, Okay. She doesn't have a phone. She doesn't have any social media. She doesn't play video games, but she knows how to ride a horse and she spends time outside. So finding like things your kids like, whether it's art, drawing, even 3d, you know, that's my son, my oldest son likes to do 3d, you know, creating things. And so that's on the computer, but I would still say that's a digital vegetable. You're like making something. So Mm. looking at your kids, giving them other skills so that they, cause they need to feel competent somewhere. And usually where they're feeling competent is video games and social media. Like, Hey, I'm really popular or Hey, I'm really good at this game. So we need to give them other ways to do it. And the summer's a good time to say like, Hey, what's a hobby you want to learn? Do you want to take tennis lessons? Do you want to like do karate? Do you want to like, you know, what do you want to do? Do you want to go on a camping trip? Should we sign you up for this? And, and it doesn't have to be expensive. It can be something that is, you know, it, it could be sketching. I mean, it could be anything at the at the house that you can do. But this is a great opportunity to say, "Hey, we've got extra time. Let's have you learn how to cook. Let's mm-hmm. have you learn how to drive. Let's have you whatever the thing is and and really use that time to do that so that you're filling their day with other stuff that's not screen-oriented.
0: I know many parents have a love-hate relationship with Summer, and I totally get it. I feel like this year it's like hyper-warped, speed, all the fun things that we're excited to get to do again. Of course, it's wonderful to have more time with your kiddos, but there is a long to-do list and it doesn't get shorter just because school's out. And especially if you have young kids, I know cooking dinner when they're all home can be chaotic. So I'm excited to tell you about a free bonus menu prep dish is offering this month. So if you're a regular listener, you've heard me talk about their new super fast menus and I thought prepping five healthy dinners in just an hour was the best you could get, but somehow they're upping their game. For the month of June, Prep Dish is now offering all new subscribers a free bonus menu. It's not just your average meal plan, though, it's designed to let you prep five healthy dinners in just 30 minutes. That means you could prep everything while the kids eat lunch one day during their 30 minutes of screen time. Or like what we're doing, and you'll hear at the end of the show, incentivizing your kids to be your sous chef and help you prep those meals in 30 minutes. It doesn't get any easier. Don't worry. Just because the meals come together quickly, it doesn't mean you're missing out on flavor. The bonus menu includes things like California burgers with a berry salad. Yum. Shrimp tostadas and a slow cooker Italian pork. I personally cannot wait to try. So if you're still not convinced, remember that you always get a two-week free trial if you go to PrepDish.com DMA for Don't Mom Alone. So you can try the meals out yourself before you really commit. Again, that's PrepDish.com DMA. You get two weeks free. And for the month of June, anyone who signs up, you get the fastest meal plan ever bonus. <laughs> Yeah, we had just sat down as a family and asked the boys, like, what are three areas you want to grow in this summer? When they were yeah. little, it was stuff like, I want to learn how to ride a bike or I want to learn right. how to swim across the pool or, you know, things that yeah. are skill related, developmental, really developmentally related. And then this summer, it might be more, I want to improve in my basketball or yeah. we're going to maybe do a little speech therapy. I'm a speech therapist, yes. so yeah. <laughs> maybe time to finally put. Right. You know, the gobbler's kids go without shoes, um, put some energy into some things. But <laughs> uh-huh. I think where we're even going to struggle is the screen time has always been the carrot, mm-hmm. the motivator. Yes. So last summer it was, uh, you know, you earn tickets for each 15 minutes that you have of screen mm-hmm. time. So you earn the tickets by doing the laundry. You earn the ticket, whatever jobs I come up with, mopping the floor, or this came from one of my guests, Mama Systems. But I felt like the day then centered on the screen time, like doing all of these non-screen things, whether it's chores or reading or learning the guitar, were getting me, earning me the really good stuff, which is the candy of the digital candy. Right. And I know. A lot of parents have used candy, you know, take these pictures really great. You're going to get a piece of candy. Right. It's like, it's like yes. there's nothing internally motivating me. So I need this candy or I need this screen time, but I've, I don't really love it. I don't really love that dynamic.
1: And you know what? And And a lot of this is like trial and error. Like, you know how like sometimes you'll try something and it works for a while, then it stops working. So for Mm. a little bit, we had the magic dollar. And what would happen is, oh my goodness, you got up after dinner and you did all these dishes without being asked to do it, like the pots and the pans, you earn a magic dollar. So that's how it was in our home Mm. for a while. But then after a while, you kind of forget and you stop giving the dollars and it just kind of fades away. But But truly, like, instead of giving an allowance, like, let's say you give your kids an allowance instead of doing that, have them have this magic dollar system. That's a way to do it. Honestly, reward by money. We, we pay for reading. So we'll say if you read and we'll have like these, you know, adult, you know, business books, spiritual life books, you know, like the how to win friends and influence people kind of books by Dale Carnegie. And on the spine, it'll say $25 and a book report. And when they finish the book, they read the book and we'd started doing this probably like sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, and then all the way through high school. So they can do it. So there's a bookshelf with these books. And if they take the book and then they give us a report over dinner, they tell us like, what are the main points of the book? How can we use the book? How will you use the book? I mean, it's awesome. And then we pay them. Here's 25 bucks. And so for us, we feel like that's a good way to use that allowance money to give them that incentive to do stuff. So for a lot of kids, (laughs) money will work. Okay. So that's one thing. Um, Another thing we've done through the years is like a marble system. So for instance, let's say you want, we were noticing during COVID that, you know, you become, you know, more snippy. You've been with each other all year. I mean, what are you going to expect? You know, three siblings, two parents, I mean, it's going to happen. So my husband actually thought of this, that you are to comp you are to and find something that was really great that someone did. You compliment them on what they did. So you stop and you ask, how did that make you feel? And how does that, you know, and what does this say for the future of this child? So, for instance, it would be like, hey, I saw that you took in my coat last night that I forgot to bring in. And you know what? That was so considerate. It made me feel like you have my back. And in the future, I really think that you're going to be a responsible adult. Like you're going to take care of, <laughs> of other people. So you, you get can. the picture and then you give them a marble. So then let's say at the end of the month, whoever has the most marbles gets to pick where you guys are going to go out special to eat that week. You know. So just mm. find other systems. It doesn't have to be rewards digitally. And I think that's it's not a bad idea to to wean yourself off that digital reward system yeah. and find another reward system and of course it you are gonna have to experiment I mean one year it might be like hey if we can do X Y and Z we're gonna take this big family vacation. And who knows, maybe you were already going to take the big family vacation, <laughs> but you might as well get some mileage out right. of it. That's what my husband always says, like, well, make that the Christmas birthday, <laughs> Christmas present, please. You know, So just have those things yeah. that, you know, get creative of, of what, and it takes a little bit of planning, ask your friends, like, Hey, what do you do for rewards? What seems to motivate your kids mm. and, and kind of work that way. So do you have a time designated in the day
0: for them being on the screen or is that just like, here or there? Like what are your, yeah, boundaries? Yeah. what so, boundaries do you so recommend? Our, I guess. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So our bound, let me do the recommend then I'll tell you what we do. So I, what I recommend is no phones in the bedroom. That's going to solve a lot of problems, whether you have a five-year-old or you have 15 year old, 18 year old, and just blame sleep. Just <laughs> say the national Institute of health has shown us, you know, with the study of 10,000 kids over 10 years, one of the main things that's going to help you is nine to 11 hours of sleep. I mean, it's not rocket science, right? Right. But But most kids are not getting nine to 11 hours of sleep Why? because they're staying up late gaming. They're getting up early to game. They're waking up in the middle of the night to text their friends. They're on social media. They're watching YouTube. You got it. So this is a huge problem. So if you will just have the boundary of we will not put that in. And again, that you say this is for your health. I know you don't think it's the best for you, but we believe it's going to long-term really help you. And we're going to take your phone. And there has to obviously be a relationship there if if you're mm-hmm. very a- antagonistic right now with your child then maybe there's some bonding activities that need to happen before. And by that, I mean, you just go out to be nice to each other. (laughs) You just go out and build a bridge. Like go build your bridge and then go give your rule because these rules work a whole lot better when they know you love them, when you've spoken their love language to them. My co-author of Screen Kids is Gary Chapman. When they know my parent loves me, that's going to be a lot easier for them to take whatever new rule you're doing, such as no phones in the bedroom. So no phones in the bedroom. Bedroom. And then for us, something that's really simplified our lives, it truly has simplified our lives. And if you have young kids, I highly recommend this is they knew growing up, we're not going to install video games um, on our computers or on our devices. We're not going to play video games at home. So this was us because we just felt like once we start down that road, that's going to be hard to mitigate. So that was our choice. And they kind of knew all the time if they want to play, like when they go to Costco, they're like, this is awesome. We can play video games, you know, the Apple store. Let's go to the Apple store. It's fine. So no video games, no social media, and no personal phones. So those were our things. And obviously those are radical things, but they're also super simple things. And Mm -hmm. the reason we wanted it is we didn't want the kids to build a habit of having to be addicted to looking at their phone. And let's just say, say it like it is. We as adults, we are addicted. We need to look at our phones. Our kids aren't even equipped with the same kind of brain that we have. They have a much more immature brain than we do. And so if we think we can give them this device and they know what to do with it, Right. So that's what has really helped us. And it's even our 14 year old and our 16 year old, our 16 year old has a Google voice number. He's captain of the debate team, co-captain of the quiz bowl team. He plans parties. He gets people together. People think, how does he do it without a phone? He uses that Google voice number. He texts all his friends when he needs something online. He just grabs my phone. He uses it. I'm fine for the kids. They use my social media accounts. They see what they need to see. So it, it really can work. And so I just want to throw that out there that that's what has really been a lifesaver for us. Yeah. Now I know, uh, like a great majority of you are like, <laughs> okay, well she must live on the planet Lala because that is like do you not know that we have these phones to yeah. to improve yeah. our lives. Right. And you know, I we're certainly not anti-tech. We have lots of technology. We just don't want the slot machine in the pocket and we want our children to be able to solve problems. So when they have a problem, it's not just text mama, but it's like, okay, I have a flat tire. I need to walk home. I guess I'll start walking. I mean, it's what we all used to do. Right. So we want them to be able to solve problems. So there is like our belief system that is putting uh, you know under that. But again, we have them use our stuff so that they're not like, oh, my word, when we leave this house, we're going to go crazy. The idea is that they have good habits in place. So now when they have the good habits in place, then they're handed a phone. They know how to use that in their life more responsibly. Yeah. So they haven't So they have launched
0: yet into the yeah. college because I, yep, I feel like, yep. yeah, let's. So I feel like they might struggle. And you and I were talking about this, like the pain point is everybody else. And so that pressure of everybody else. So the Snapchat pressure, the everybody's playing Fortnite or everybody knows about these things. And I mean, I was homeschooled, so I'm used to being <laughs> the odd person out. And that was before homeschooling was cool. It maybe was not right? a now thing. People no, no, are like, no. let's go homeschool after no. this whole year. Yeah, yes. no, no. It was not a thing. Um, and so yeah, I'm used to being the odd person out. That's more familiar to me. But I know that a lot of parents will reach out, and that's a that's a struggle of yeah, you know, I don't want my kid to be left out, or I don't want, I don't know what to do. And and honestly, we haven't we have followed kind of the community we're in and what people are doing in our community. And it is it is a private school community, but still, I mean, there are phones, you know, mm-hmm. in the upper middle school and with boys, I find it's not the social
1: media, it's the gaming. The games, that's the bigger yeah. thing. And, you know, and to that point, I just yeah. want to say there are times it's just like, oh my word, you know, am I making a mistake? Like, are they gonna go forward and be like, my mom didn't let me play video <laughs> games? I lost this epic whole part of my childhood. <laughs> and so there is that trade-off. There is. Right. So there right. you do have to accept there's a trade-off. Yeah. But then I also have to believe, I remember being on an airplane and these two strangers met in their 20s. And but they were both gamers. And the whole time they talked about gaming, it was hysterical. They were so loud, they were cussing up a storm and they were just <laughs> talking, talking, talking. And I thought, okay, they they have this bond, right? Mm-hmm. So my son will never have that because mm-hmm. he won't be able to, to meet someone offhand be like, Oh yeah, remember this. He'll be like, I didn't play that. <laughs> right. But my son, when he grows up, he has a whole other like language, yeah. you know, things he can talk about. Yeah. Whereas many times you have to think, okay, my gamer is not left out now, but mm-hmm. later when he's a husband, when he's a father, when he's a manager, when he's a boss, when he's interviewing for a job, is he going to be able to do that? Right. Will he be able to fit in there? And that's really what has helped motivate me to say, you know what, the trade-off of being left out for a short period of time is okay for what you're gaining, for the other skills, people skills that you're gaining. And my, my son, the 16-year-old has said, mom, you know what, you're right. There are kids that they, if they know I don't game or I don't have a phone, they'll just be like, I can't be your friend. Oh. He's like, but there are a lot of people. Who can be your friend? Like he yeah. has friends, you know yeah. that can be your friend. And he's like, those are the kinds of friends you want. You don't want someone that won't be your friend just yeah. because you don't have a phone or you don't play video games. You get it. So it 100%. kind of weeds out yeah. who you're being friends with. So, mm-hmm. you know, I I found that these fears that they are kind of squashed when I think of what we're winning. Like, hey, I can talk to you, and your eyes aren't glued to the screen all the time. And pornography is still something that. You could certainly see on a desktop computer, but it's less likely than if you were holding this, you know, phone in your pocket. Mm-hmm.
0: So, what advice do you have for the parents that they don't feel led to make those choices, and they have chosen to do the phones, and the video games, and the social media? Like, how do we navigate? Give tools. I mean, I love the language of. Digital vegetables, digital candy, but it is
1: so addictive that it's right. Yeah. Really hard to really watch your kids, right? Just in the same way you would watch them for like, oh my goodness, they're smoking cigarettes, you know, whatever. (laughs) Just like you're aware of what they're doing. So if you see your child like a mood swing, that it's like, oh, my child used to be so calm, but now they're so annoyed, or oh my child used to be happy and like kind of bounce around the house, but now they kind of just mope around. Or they used to, when we said, hey, we're going out for ice cream, they'd be like, great. They jump in the car and now they're like, eh, I don't really want to go. I'd rather right. just like watch TV. So you start seeing like behaviors of, they used to love to ride their bikes and they don't go, or they used to play the piano or they stopped playing, etc. So mm-hmm. change of behavior, loss of interest in activities, you know, they haven't showered for a few days, <laughs> you know, they're, they're not coming yeah. to dinner on time. You know, you just see like their grades are slipping. They're the friends they used to hang out with. They are like, they're not really hanging out in person anymore. So all these things, you start seeing it. And you're like what's going on what something's changing something's wrong and and try to like get this early like don't be two years in and like oh my word you're really you know but just like wow it's been a week you're acting kind of different mm. and just think about what different digital things have they been doing? Is it maybe a new, is it more access than normal? Is it maybe a particular show they're watching? That's I, I talk, we talk about in screen kids, the ABCs, like watching the ABCs, a what's your kid's attitude like after they've watched this program or played this game, B, their behavior. What behavior is lifted up? Like what behavior in the game or social yeah. media or, you know, people they follow, you know, what's exalted. Um, and then character, what kind of character is this instilling in the heart of my child? And if if you see, you know, obviously not everything, I get it. I don't yeah. live in, you know, some right, things right, right, are right. not going to fall into those ABCs. But if you see like my kid is hardcore following a certain celebrity that is definitely not doing those ABCs, then you know that I've got to intervene and do something or else you're just going to get sicker and sicker. So you're looking for these things like they're sneaking around to use devices. They need more and more. Uh, you can also use the grid of casual at risk addicted casual is like hey they got social media they post for 5 minutes they they don't even pick up their phone and check it for 2 days and then they pick it up again it's like okay they're casual just like a gamer like yeah we can play for a uh, 15 20 minutes half an hour then we're like okay we're tired of this we're going to go move on doing ride bikes now so yeah. you know it's okay they're casual the at risk is the kid that you're like okay you can play on the weekends But every day, every Monday, too, I want to play. Can I play? Can I just play five minutes? Can I just play five minutes? Then you know, okay, Mm. this is kind of at risk. Like you kind of want this too much. And then of course you're addicted is, hey, you can't go 24 hours without playing this game. Like Mm. that's going to be a problem. So you can think in that grid and then act accordingly. You know, if you're casual, then okay, let's just keep it casual and you're Okay. But if you're at risk, you got to say, okay, what can we do so that we don't move into the addicted? And then in that addicted realm of Dr. Victoria Dunkley, she does, she's like an expert in this whole screen addiction things. And, and she really recommends, and it's free. So just think of how much counseling doctors, pills you could do, you know, but she just recommends a four week screen reset that she Mm. actually calls it electronic stress syndrome that your body is just stressed with electronics. So your body clock is off. You're not sleeping, right? Your dopamine is just pleasure. It's firing all the time. Your body thinks fight or flight all the time as you're gaming. So it's just tired. Mm. So she recommends four weeks. And I mean, you could do it this summer, but you have to really plan, right? So that it doesn't right. just blindside you, but four weeks. And she says, you'll be amazed at the change that will happen in your child of just stopping everything. So I know that's a big pill to swallow. I mean, I
0: know it's like, it's like I'm totally, I am totally bought in. This is the problem. I am totally bought in, but it feels like there would, (laughs) their whole excitement of summer is that access.
1: But isn't it funny if you really are having problems with your kids and you were told, hey, go to this certain doctor in this certain state and pay all this money, you do it. Like we would do it. We'd be like, we got to get help for this kid. We're going to do it. But to think, oh my word, four weeks with electronics, (laughs) we can't do it. But that's, again, it's free. There's no harm in it. You know, it's going to be fine. And you just have to plan. This is what we're going to do. And it's best if you do it with another family. So if you Mm. and another family, your friends decide to do it, then it's like, let's get our people together and they all have to not be on electronics. And you'll be amazed like, oh my goodness, these people are rediscovering sports and play and games Mm -hmm. and discover and building like that would be really great. So teaming up with other people would really help. That's good. I
0: know there's a lot of change right now, a lot of shifting and a lot of what's happened in the past, catching up with us. And if you're in a place where there's something interfering with you functioning well, preventing you from being the mom that you really would like to be, I would love to connect you with better help. They are gonna assess your needs. They're gonna match you with a licensed professional therapist that you can start communicating with in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise that maybe you couldn't even have access to in your local area. But it, this is, service is available for clients worldwide. No matter where you're listening from, you can sign up at betterhelp.com slash DMA, all caps DMA, and you can get the help you need. It is so much more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. I want you all to start living a more full life and be the mom that you really want to be. So visit BetterHelp.com D-M-A, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and find out why over a million people have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. And I want you to know that this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Don't Mom Alone listeners can get 10% off their first month over at betterhelp.com slash D-M-A. Yeah. And like you said originally, sometimes it it goes back to, are we communicating in their love language? Do they feel loved? Because I know in different stages of my relationships with my boys, there's a trust of, okay, my mom does love me. Yes. I don't like what she's doing here, Yeah, but I know she's for my good. And it's, you know, goes back to our relationship with God. He loves us and some hard things are going to come across our path. That doesn't mean he doesn't love us, but it's for our protection yes. and it's for yeah. our care. And so it's just a good reminder. I don't, I'm not looking forward to the conversation, but I also don't look forward to, like you were saying, when they get off the screens, Yeah, at least you need 30 minutes for the coming off the mountain of that time because who they are right after their brains are just scrambled. Like, I just feel like there's a, like that fight or flight is really ramped up and some of them are more at risk at that than others. And so, yeah, I, I know, like you said, we know it's for their best. We dread it because of the disruption to relationship and how much they're not going to like it. Yep. But I, I think um, if we put time and energy, if you guys haven't read the five love languages, check that Highly out. Highly recommend sure. it. Yes, yeah. for sure. And oh. Screen
1: Kits has we treat the five love languages with technology. So, like, how can you speak these languages in this digital world that we live in? So, it's okay. It tell is me more about that. So tell important. me what. The, what do you mean by that? So, so, like, yeah. So, let's say your child's love language is touch. That's what my daughter Lucy, when she was two, she'd come in, huggy, huggy. Those first things she said in the morning. So <sighs> I knew, like, oh, you are physical touch. You want to hug. And so, if your child's f- is they, that's how they like to be loved. Is like you're holding them, you're wrestling their hair, you're wrestling with the, your boy, you know, and that's it. Well. Guess what happens with technology when they are playing a video game? When they're on social media, you're not like, Oh, let me sit right next to you and watch what you're doing. You know, you had the ultra opposite way, or you should let me get something done. (laughs) You should maximize that time for sure. Let me get something done while you do this. And so here we are at bedtime. And it used to be that we would snuggle up and read books, but now the kid is alone with an iPad. And again, Mm. this is not meant to guilt you out. But let's say their love language is touched, they've lost all those moments for touch, because what are we touching? We're touching our iPads. We're touching our phones. We're not giving physical attention to our kids. Yeah. And so all these things, just think about, okay, how my, my the, you know, time is a huge one, the giving, spending time, quality time with a child. That's how a child feels love. That's how um, my, my middle daughter is. If my husband says, I'm going to Hope Depot, she'll go, I'll go with you. Cause she just wants to spend time with him. Mm. So if you spend time together, but you're on the phone, a lot right. of that time guess what it doesn't count right like right? it, it didn't fill the love tank So you're so right in saying that if we will take the time to love our children, they will be able to grasp all this backdrop of the stuff and really get your kids like watching things like the social dilemma that's on Netflix that show you like the addictive nature of screens and kind of get them in the matrix to realize, Hey, you know what? You need to be in control of where your attention goes. You don't want to give that to a tech company. So you need to learn, you know, so kind of, I think if you approach it with giving them the know how, then they feel more like in the know and smart about making better choices.
0: Yeah, then you make the bad guy the marketers yes. of the games. Yeah. Right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like they're just trying to trick you and make it addicting. And right, they're yeah. using casino tricks to totally. keep you on Fortnite. Yeah. The and and I was thinking with the love languages, the words of affirmation, kids. If yes. all of your conversations are negative, of get off of that. You need to stop. And they're attacking because of fight, the fight or flight. Like you're having a lot of negative interactions that makes them not feel up. So that's super, super helpful. I will definitely put a link to your book in the show notes. And is there any other resource that you would recommend
1: for anyone who wants to get more help or guidance on the topic? Yes. I'm so glad you asked. I'm working on a documentary of oh. screen kids in their own words because I thought, let me interview my own kids so people believe me. <laughs> Actually, she's, is, she's is this really real? A I don't I'm just whole lying thing. about <laughs> all these children. So I thought during this covid year man I got them under my roof I'm going to interview these kids. So in the summer uh, I will have this. So go to happyhomeuniversity.com happyhomeuniversity.com and you can see the screen kids. You can see it in their own words. And it might be something I'm going to try to pull excerpts of just the kids, just like short little five minute things. The, the whole thing is going to be about 45 minutes. And I'm going to pull short excerpts so you could show them to your kids. So mm. you could be like, look at here's another kid who doesn't have a phone. You said you were the only one, but apparently you're not. You're, you're not no. the you're only not.
0: one. Oh, yeah. So
1: that's, so that's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm also working on a master class to go along with screen kids. So happyhomeuniversity.com.
0: Very cool. Yeah. Well, my husband grew up without a TV. Yes. So I was homeschooled and he had yes. no TV. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And we're okay. We're doing okay. Yes. You're doing, <laughs> you're doing I'm way, a little awkward,
1: but you're doing way more than okay. Yeah. Let me point okay. out. Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: we're doing okay. But he, yeah, he would say his, uh, there was a cleaning lady that would come to their house and she had a little handheld TV Like, you know, the ones that you could carry around. Yes. He used his money to buy a Nintendo to hook up to her little TV for whenever, (laughs) you know, once every other week or whenever she came, he could (laughs) play on that tiny little TV. (laughs) (laughs) But he said his parents, I guess the TV broke and they noticed that he and his sisters were going to other people's houses more. They were, you know engaging socially more. And they didn't care yes. if when they were at other people's houses, they right. watch TV, but yep. just like be with those people. So anyway,
1: yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. that was the old yeah.
0: school having to manage screen time. I love he, that being unique from the rest <laughs> of the crowd. Yeah. I love that. But he can't, re- he doesn't enjoy conversations about shows I watched when I, because we had a TV in every room, right? <laughs> Even the bathroom. <laughs> Yes, yes, but we can oh. still relate. It's fine. It's fine. Yes. yes. Well, thank you, Arlene, for sharing your story, sharing good help and encouragement that we can own this challenge. We can own you can it. We this, can, you do can do this, Mama. You can do it. Do this. And and yes. honestly, and I prayed this before that we as moms, we each have our own conviction points, and yep. you. Ne- There's no one formula for any mom's journey, but there is one Holy Spirit who is going to provide just the right nudges and you know, for your kid, if you see those caution points, um, that where you're feeling like, I really want to do something about this. And you, you have been given the power of God in you. You, you have the ability. Yes.
1: And you can ask the Holy spirit, Lord, show me what to do. And he will tell you like, Mm -hmm. go in your child's you know, room right now and look at their phone and they'll be like, oh, 100%. look at this awful text. I've heard that so many times uh-huh. from moms. That's God happened. will yeah. tell you what to do. He yep. wants to help you.
0: Yep. Yep. He is a better parent than I am. Yes, for <laughs> sure. All of us. Oh, well, thank you so much. And I hope thank you have a you, great week. Thank you. Okay. I promised I would share with y'all our plan after I interviewed Arlene. So to be honest, when I got off the interview, I kind of felt a little bit conflicted. I was sorting through where was their right conviction, like think changes that needed to be made in our home, and where was I feeling like I needed to be more like their family? And so that's what I'm hoping you all will lean into more. What should you do for your family? So I told Bruce, I feel like we need to change some habits, some things that were formed last year, last summer, and some habits that I wanted to undo. I mean, last summer was a totally different thing. It just was. It was was set apart in its own way. And I knew my boys would head into this summer thinking that some of our boundaries were going to stay the same. I wanted to get on the same page with Bruce. I wanted to share her language about digital candy, digital vegetables, and even just knowing our boys and each boy, how they're managing technology as far as Are we at a point where it's casual? Are we at risk? Are we leaning into addiction? And some of the behaviors we're seeing. So he and I came up with a plan. We wanted to cover several different areas because we weren't going to use technology screens as the reward anymore. I really felt that was a personal conviction. He and I were setting up, well, how do we help motivate them to still contribute to home care, taking care of things around the house and personal development? So, we came up with our plan for that. And I also felt like I wanted, before we even brought up this whole concept, I wanted to remind them of what summers in the past have felt like. And I'll also tell you, like in the days between when I interviewed Arlene and when I talked to Bruce, I kind of mentioned to the boys that we were going to be changing th- some things up. And maybe in a moment of frustration said you know we may get rid of video games altogether." so they really didn't know where we were gonna land so which was actually kind of worked in our favor because when we presented the plan they were a little relieved but what i did before we even talked to them was i went into my office and i just went on my phone and i looked at old summers and picked several videos and created an album on my iPhotos called Set Apart Summer. And I just kept putting pictures in there. And we got the boys together and I projected it onto the Apple TV a little slideshow because Apple does that really great. Like they make the slideshow and it was so fun. It was just great to remember one, their relationships with each other. Two, just the fun that can be had off screen and the things to look forward to this summer. So we did that. We um, talked through home management. And had each boy pick different chores they wanted to be in charge of for the summer. We all actually asked them, do you want to have different chores every week? There's a Instagram Graham gal I follow. And like every week they have a different game to assign chores. They wanted to keep it simple. They wanted to just stick with their same jobs. So my big boys are in charge of dishes, unloading, loading, and trash. And the little boys are in charge of pets. And then they each have an area of the house that they're in charge of picking up. We also talked through... What areas, like I'd mentioned before in the interview with Arlene, what areas they wanted to develop personally. And we used her idea of financial reward. So if you learn a new song on the guitar and perform it for us, you get X amount of dollars. If you do your speech therapy and hit different articulation goals, we will give you X amount of dollars. Ironically, when we showed that video of past summers and my son heard himself in one of the little clips, he said, is that how I sound? totally unintentional, but another motivator to do the work and um, to grow in that area. Another was um, basketball skills. And anyway, so we did that. We set that up, continue to kind of add to those. And we told them that we were going to push back from, now this is just a lot of time, but y'all, last summer they were getting and earning with tickets three hours of game time. And we were going to dial that back to an hour a day. And thankfully, there wasn't an uprising. (laughs) Nobody threw anything. They didn't throw a fit because I think they thought we were going to take it away altogether. And for some of you, you're like, wow, an hour, that's a lot. Whatever it is for you, I'm just sharing our details. I also was feeling convicted about some habits of waking up in the morning during the summer and just going down and turning on the TV and kind of it just being on for a few hours, depending on, you know, we have teenagers that wake up later and younger kids that wake up earlier. I didn't really love that rhythm. Um, and so we weren't gonna turn on the TV first thing in the morning during the week. Still can on Saturday, Sunday, but not during the week. And then we're not gonna turn the TV on until after dinner. I just really would love for them to now help me with dinner, like I'd mentioned in the prep dish ad, instead of just sitting on the couch watching TV while I'm in the kitchen. So we're doing that differently. And then um, with the phones, I know that some of you are probably like, well, when did you give your kids phones? I think that's such a personal thing based on a lot of different factors. Our oldest, we were able to hold off until he turned 14. Our second, he got it a little earlier. That's something I would tell you, like whatever your age for your oldest is, just expect it to be younger and younger. And then we decided as a family, Bruce, me, and the boys that have phones, that we're just not gonna have our phones with us when we are watching TV at night. Gonna put them on the charging station in the kitchen just as a boundary of like, It's not fun to watch a funny show or a movie together if everyone's kind of on their phones. Um, The other is I've, on my younger teenage boy's phone, I've added a bunch of limits and through the screen time option under settings on phones so that the phone kind of blocks that app. Um, I'm still kind of working through that. I would appreciate all tips, but there are. Dumb text-only phones that look like smartphones. It's called Gab Wireless if you're curious for options. There's the wrist phone options that text just a couple numbers. There's a lot more technology now than there was even when my older boys were young. Um, And then I would say another thing I felt just convicted about after listening to Priscilla Schreier and Crystal Evans-Hurst, their sisters, they were talking on Instagram, and Priscilla said she was so thankful that her son, who's going off to college, had the habit of praying just a little prayer, reading a little verse to start off his day and I thought I would love this summer to kind of get my boys in that habit and so I grabbed a bunch of those they're like dollar store journals that we have tons of each boy has one and then my friend Erica Dawson from the faithful mom she just released a script sub membership and every month she sends you pdfs of verses to read every day and discussion questions and even memory verses. Anyway, I did that. I printed off that list and I have kind of left it in the kitchen. And each boy, I printed off a little prayer that goes in in the journal. I'm just encouraging them. If you could just pray this little prayer, read this little section of the Bible and just write down what you hear God say to you or what you feel um, led to think about or whatever. It's like free form. No worries. Uh, Just to get in a habit of being in God's word every day. So None of these things are prescriptive. None of these things are formula. You are not a quote unquote um, failing as a mom if you aren't doing these things. This is where I felt motivated. Who knows how long these things will last? (laughs) I'm just saying I wanted a restart and summer felt like a good time. Okay, I am talking way too long. So I'm gonna pray for us. I'm gonna pray for God to provide the peace that we need, the direction and the wisdom. Lord, I thank you that you are our guide that your spirit resides in each mom, dad listening, and that you are so gracious to us. I pray for any moms going through incredibly challenging seasons, whether it's with their spouse, with health, pregnancy, with new babies, that you would give her the grace to know that more screens is okay, that that is not failing, that you would be her provider in that season to just know what is what is what is okay for them and that it's not gonna be a forever habit. If anything, we know we can always dial back and add in as needed to survive the season that we're in. I pray, Lord, that you would just give her a peace. I pray against any guilt, shame that moms are feeling, that you would be their comfort. And I pray for unity in marriages as they're discussing these things, that you would guide those conversations. I pray for unity in families as you guide those conversations. I pray for our next generation who are having to deal with temptations and distractions that other generations didn't have to deal with. And I pray that they could just be all in for you, God, and whatever they're doing, um, that their hearts would be drawn to you. In Jesus' name, a men. All right. So this is the last new episode uh, for this spring season. We start our summer of mentorship next week and they're just going to pop up in your podcast player just like regular and we'll have discussion questions if you want um, more support for your if you're going to do a podcast club for the summer of mentorship, if you're going to meet together with women and discuss the episodes, just go to com slash join, and you can sign up for emails. And we have a Facebook group where some moms share ideas. Um, I pop in there occasionally. So join us over there if you want, and I'll meet you back here by next week. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast.